I love the, I, I love especially even hearing the whole group's receiving of it. Mm-hmm. You know, because a bunch of them only care in the, I think I'm using this word right, colloquial sense. Like, they only care because we kind of care. Yeah, they just want to play. Right. They don't. And have fun. If we stayed playing 5e, they'd be like, cool. If we change right. it, they're like, cool. Right. I, I do, the more I've thought about it, I do disagree on one point that uh, one of our players brought up, you know, it's just mechanics. But there's a reason why trademarks exist. So when you see the D&D logo, that affects you neurochemically. Mm-hmm. There's things about the way the books feel and look that affect you. And I think we need to take that into account. Like it's building new associations to what we're doing, which will be really good. But it's going to also be hard. Absolutely. You know, so. And it's. Anyways, welcome, everyone. Also coming from. I feel like I need to say this. Mm -hmm. I still love Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. That's when I see that ampersand that's Dungeons and Dragons, that's. Me to me, that's Dungeons and Dragons. Wizards of the Coast yeah. is not Dungeons and Dragons, and neither no. is TSR when it came out like that shit. They're just supposed to be the stewards, yeah, and that's all. Fuck them. Yeah. I have an ampersand tattooed on me because yeah. I love Dungeons and Dragons. That's all. I mean, and there's plenty of other additions to play. And honestly, like I just sold all my five e books for the most part. It wasn't because like. We played 5e last night. Like, the system is fine. Right. I just don't want to look at the branding and the... I don't want to see it right, right now. You know, I need to clear, cleanse my palate. But, yeah, the system's friggin' awesome. There is a reason why 5e was so popular, yeah. I think. Oh, for because sure. it was so easy to get into and play. And when it sings, it it definitely sings big. I... I sings opera. You I know? agree. And I think that's a good chance to, to say, what, uh, what are we talking about today? So... If you play RPGs at all, even if you haven't, you've probably heard about all this, the uh, stuff going on with Wizards and the OGL. So we're not really going to talk about that directly because everyone who's listening to this already knows what they need to know. Right. And we don't need to beat that horse. We'll let better minds than us deal with the technicalities and the updates. But we're going to talk about probably how this affects us and what's next and also how this affects the show because it's been 5e focused absolutely and we're going to talk around it i i mean i think this is a good opportunity again to talk about open communication mm. no pun intended absolutely um so yeah uh ian why don't you give us a little blurb about how this whole thing has affected you and where are you where are you going next what are the next horizons for your RPG exploration. My RPG Ness. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. I want to say this. First of all, whenever I hear the word OGL, my brain almost wants to shut down. Because it it's a little tra- traumatizing. It's just for sure. I there was another thing that was going on. I think it kind of remind. This is going to seem so crazy that I'm bringing it up like this, but it's almost like the pandemic or mm-hmm. election fraud or mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. things that right when it kind of breaks, there is nothing but everyone speculating on what's going on and then that just goes on and on and nothing it's exhausting yeah nothing changes about the information just people's Mm -hmm. interpretation of it and my brain like eventually gets to the point where i'm like okay i get it we don't know uh it's fucked and we don't know please can we shut up about it now and wait until we see more i'm not saying like forget about it hell no we're a bunch of crazy people that we're not going to like, well, yeah. but that's the only thing that like has really affected me personally is like, obviously talking with my friends. I don't care about that, but like seeing it all over the media and seeing that same statement kind of played over and over. It's, we don't know. We don't know the things we're seeing. They're fucked. And the way that they're reacting to this fucked. I like, I, who do you think you're talking to? That was super passive aggressive. 
to put some right. of that shit in there. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's it's kind of gives me anxiety uh, sure. hearing the same speech over and over and over again from different places. Now, the two that I did, the one that I did listen today, I actually uh, appreciated a bit more. But that's that lawyer one that you shared. We can talk about. We don't. Oh, uh, the rules lawyer. No, not rules lawyer. That was like the. Oh, legal. Legal. Eagle. Eagle. Yeah, we've been waiting for him to come out. I actually saw it on because I've been using Twitter to get updates more during this thing. Mm. Um, I actually saw him respond to Coville. Oh, nice. On there. So everybody's kind of been expecting him to come out with a video. It's pretty good and it's balanced and he has no stake in the fight. Apparently one of his friends is in the hospital. So he did this, that guy would have done this video, right? but he can't. So he kind of did it. And it's a good video. You know, if you want to watch it, it look is. it up. Legal yeah. Eagle. You'll find it. He, I'm pretty sure everybody knows who he is. Yeah, He's pretty huge, pretty large. But I found that one interesting only because he talks yeah. about some things that no one's kind of talking about. And I was like, oh, that's really weird to think about. Huh. But yeah, what that's inspired is obviously I don't want to support a company that's going to try and shift so hard that it's going to it's potentially going to damage the, the community. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to not play their version right now until yeah. something might be maybe time passes. I don't know. So what's happened is we're in the middle of a campaign right now on Fridays. Middle is kind of an exaggeration. <laughs> well, we, we start where we fully started and we're playing every week yep. and we're past the beginning. Yep. We're like right. The way I see what we're doing right now is the prologue just ended and I can see that. chapter one is about to begin mm-hmm. and this whole thing comes out and everyone that listens if you've been listening for a while you know that I have a, a I really want to play Numenera and Cypher and we've run some one shots so last night I discussed with the group hey guys what do you think about switching this game to Cypher system rather than continuing in 5e? And everyone was like, cool, bro. I like it. Sounds awesome. And to interject, you were pretty worried about it leading up to Friday. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're stressing about stressing it. About so it. like, I don't know. I'm like, don't, don't worry about it, man. Yeah. Just find out what they say first. Get an opinion. Right. And then you can worry about it. And the big reason I am feeling the need to make the switch, obviously the reason I stated, but the second reason is this. it, My trust is broken on what they would potentially try and do, and I'm using a system that's online to play with these people, and if something happens legally where all of a sudden they take that from me and I'm not prepared, uh, that's going to f- potentially set the, ga- the game back a month and a half, two months. Who knows how long it would take mm-hmm. to re mm-hmm. have to figure everything out because they just yank like Foundry from us, you know? Right. Or shut Foundry down completely. Right. And I don't. God forbid, you know. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So I elected to pick a game that I knew was a company that is 1 million percent on the side of. This is open. Make whatever you want with this. It it makes the game community stronger that if you want to take our rule set and make your own thing and sell it, sweet. We love that. That sounds awesome. You know, you know what's interesting about that is I found out today that because uh, Linda Codega came out with another article today. Right. Um, apparently, Monty Cook Games made their own version of the OGL like a year ago. Yeah, for their... Like they saw this coming down the pipeline years ago, apparently. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, wow, so prescient, man. I, uh, they, they freaking... They're such a good company. I totally remember watching them post over and over again about how their OGL, their open game license for Cypher, mm-hmm. is about to go live. Like, I remember nice. watching it happen and seeing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time, not really thinking anything of it. Like, just thinking, like, right. oh, that's really cool. Like, why would you? Why, you know, well, not even why would you, but why, yeah. like, who cares? Like, why would you do this? Why yeah. wouldn't you do this? Like, that's, I think that you guys are great. And I've loved content from Monty Cook. 
games. So they're, good. So high quality. Yeah. And there's something about, like, Blades in the Dark, for instance, where you can tell the people who made this thing really cared about it. Oh, yeah. And Monty Cook games, their products always feel like that. Every time. Every time. You know? Like, I don't know. So we we brought it up. My group is totally down. Uh, so, yeah, we're switching to Cypher. Uh, we're going to play basically the same storyline that we've been playing, the same campaign world, with a few tiny tweaks that I think will be interesting for the group uh, in order to fill out the world. And, I mean, truth be told, I told Eric this earlier, and I don't know if many other people when I was creating this world, Zaganok, my initial idea was I really wanted to run it as if it were Numenera. I wanted to run Cypher system because to me, I love running those kind of games where it's narrative based, where the players really take a big hand in kind of crafting things in the way they want it to go. While I get to narrate a lot of, you know, random things, this and that. And I like a game that flows I love tactical combat once in a while, but like if I just want to throw like a tiny little battle at a group, I, I don't want it to take three hours. Man. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's definitely a downside of more tactical. Play. Yeah. And that's just me as a I love playing in those things. I love as a player being that it's not mm -hmm. my favorite as a GM. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more frustrating to me. Um mm -hmm. But again, going back to Cypher is it allows the way that I think of RPGs naturally. It feeds me in a way that's super easy for me to be creative. It's a super easy way for me to create monsters. Um, I know we're going to talk to Eric here in a moment about his reaction as well. Um, and one of the things he's going to bring up is something I also want to bring up with Cypher system or Numenera, whatever you want to call it. Because Numenera is the world that uses Cypher system rules. And then they just mm -hmm. pulled the system out and then said, oh, we can just use Cypher system right. for anything. Right. But Numenera is what attracted me to this initially. And well, it's just as the vibe of Numenera is so unique yet familiar. Yeah. Like the art and everything, you're like, this is so cool, but weird, but familiar. Yeah. Like they really nailed the design. And I I love it books. so much. Yeah. And yeah. I so but they're the monsters in Numenera and in Cypher style systems, the monsters have abilities that create problems for the players to figure out. Uh, or a way to defeat these things that's not just battle sponge. Hit it a bunch. Don't let it hit you. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that is part of it. But there's more to it. There's more depth to these things. And Numenera right. Cypher has that in loads. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like Eric's going to also tell us soon here. Uh, and I think this is a good point, too. Like, Eric, yes. what uh, what happened for you? I think that correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like this hit you a bit harder than it hit me. I feel like this hit me a bit harder than it hit anybody in our group, and that's not... I'm not trying to brag or right. anything, but... Yeah, yesterday was a really emotional day for mm -hmm. me. Like, by the end, I understood from an experience standpoint what emotional exhaustion is, like you were talking about with COVID, COVID or... Rigging, you know, elections being rigged or whatever, because that was never, I was never emotionally invested mm. in that. But D&D &D has been, uh, like, literally my first priority. Like, it was really, really meaningful to me, even though I felt really weird about the Seattle company for a while. And I felt like the products being released were really subpar. Uh, unless you're talking about, like, I think Spelljammer, the new one, the design of the books is so cool. Like, the map is awesome, but the content is really sorely lacking mm. and feels very piecemeal. So, when this all came out, my perspective is a little different because I just got done reading every book on D&D history I could find. I read them all. There's a few that aren't on audiobook. So, there's Designers and Dragons, their fifth book, which is like the modern era that's not on audiobooks. So I've listened to them all. 
So I knew what the OGL was and I knew what it represented. I didn't know all the finer points, but it was something I was thinking about and it was kind of, it was like this bright light in the dark history of D&D because D&D has been fucked pretty much since the beginning in terms of this kind of stuff happening over and over and mm. over. So when Gygax was running, it was no better. The early 90s, uh, there was a CEO. I don't remember her name. Uh, this kind of stuff happened again. It happened during... We had about three good years. And then when 3.5 came out, everything started going bad again. So the 3.5, as far as I've heard, was actually created so that they could cancel the D20 license, which was the separate, a separate license. Oh, okay. And then 4th edition came out and had no OGL. It had its... And that's what really set the tone is like every even edition, now something weird happens. Oh, weird. So like 4th edition, 6th edition, and then uh, Nerd Immersion was saying, hopefully 7th edition in 10 years we'll go back to <laughs> being cool. It's like, that's a good point. Um, so, you know, this whole thing doesn't affect me financially at all. Right. Right. But it does affect Sly Flourish. And even though MCDM is considered, I didn't really think about it, but he's kind of the, his company is the third big three. You got Cobalt, Paizo, and MCDM. It affects MCDM, which I've been a big supporter of since I started playing Dungeons and Dragons. It affects uh, Paizo, obviously. It affects um, just all these small publishers, like anybody who makes stuff for D&D. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, was a huge betrayal because the OGL was really a gesture of goodwill that this was by gamers for gamers. These were people. It wasn't just some CEO who not only didn't like the game but hated gamers. And that's what the early 90s was like. And, you know, there was – like it was really hopeful. So when this stuff came out about they don't care about you, they don't care about, you know, you're just a dollar sign, obviously that's like every corporation. Right. But I decided that I really wanted to be with a company that was, if they weren't gamers, they really cared about gaming. Like, it, they cared about the hobby itself. Because like um, Colville said, D&D is really like a folk tradition. It's a culture. It's not a brand. That's not what anybody cares about. We care about actually playing these games. And so I, I took all my books... I went to Powell's and I fucking sold them. I kept three for sentimental value and I just hear great things about the Eberron book for D&D. Right. And I think that's mainly because of Keith Baker, not Wizards. So that was really bittersweet because they bought every single thing that I took, <laughs> that's... which has never happened. Like if you've ever sold CDs or books or whatever, you realize how valueless your stuff is. Right. Um, they took everything. They even gave me more more in-store credit uh, for it. And I, uh, I took that money, and I bought all the Pathfinder books I need to run Pathfinder 2E. Nice. Um, so cool. Yeah, it was really emotional. Like, I broke down a few times. And that that's really, you know, man-baby time, I understand. Like, in the big scheme of things, D&D doesn't matter for what's going on in the world. But it does matter to me. Oh, yeah. So, for sure. Um, the crazy thing was, though, reading through the Pathfinder books, obviously I've always been more of a fan of the design. I love the design of Pathfinder books. But the way everything's written is just better. Things like the three-action economy is... I, I just love the concept. Monsters have more interesting things they can do. Each one has a signature move. So, yeah, that's... And apparently everything's balanced all the way up to 20, so there's high-level play support and so I'm really excited it's very bittersweet um, but I wish I had switched long ago right. because I honestly I forgot about this but I never really wanted to play 5e when we started I really wanted to play Pathfinder and I had the book I have the books for Pathfinder 1e I have the beginner box for Pathfinder 1e I have Rise of the Rune Lords but everybody like that's what we played and then we played and I fell in love with mm. it you know but I was like yeah, that's right. I wanted to play Pathfinder. I, like, I found that on my own, and I, I started playing it a few times with just one other person. Right. You know, a couple of times. So I'm really, as, as heartbreaking as this thing is for me, I'm really excited to try Pathfinder. And, of course, Starfinder oh, is the logical choice. Absolutely. 
I think what Paizo is doing with the Orc license is fucking amazing. And I'm fully in support of Coville doing his own. I think having more than one OGL is a really good idea. Right. Like, this has shown a weakness that you don't want to have a monoculture when it comes to this kind of stuff. You want to have diversity. Absolutely. Oh, diversity that makes, that's makes it better. better for the immune system of the industry. And I really think that D&D needs to step down as the thing that uh, will determine the fate of the industry. It's been around for about 50 years now. Like, if D&D goes away... Like the other ones should still be able to go on. Right. Should be healthy, you know? So I think in the long run, it's a good thing. But yeah, I'm switching to Pathfinder for my Monday campaign. And I did the same thing uh, Ian did, but I talked to everybody individually. And then we're going to talk on Monday just to see if people, what they felt and thought. And everyone in support. For the Monday group, they're not nearly as invested just as a group. So they're like, we just support you. If you feel better doing this, like, we'll follow you into battle, right. basically. So, you know, they're, we're all supportive of each other. And honestly, I picked Pathfinder because I wanted to make sure that the players who like the tactical stuff, that there's still some crunch mm -hmm. in that way. And, man, the way you can customize your classes oh, in Pathfinder is fucking off the charts. It's so Again, cool. just like... This is what I've wanted as a GM yeah. and a player. Like, I've wanted to have the, the crunch. And really, crunch is just minutia and details. It's like, instead of having proficiency, you have different levels of proficiency. Instead of having one action, you have three actions, and you can kind of customize what you do. Right. You know, it's so cool. I love that. So, I think that's... Yeah. Because when I was originally looking, sorry to interject here... No, you're good. I said my piece. Oh, okay. So I'm switching. I'm. I love Paizo. I'm super excited for Kobold Press's uh, Black Flag. I will totally play that. I'm going to play MCDM's new RPG system because you know it's going to oh, kick it's gonna ass. Kick so much ass. It's going to kick so much ass because they. I've you know I've said it many times. They're doing the stuff that the Seattle company should be doing. Oh, absolutely. Like they've really got. They know what D and D is. Beast Heart, you know the psionics. Beast Heart, come on. The talents coming out, yeah. they're psionic class. Exactly, like dude, they're they're dude, bro. A lot of really good things coming, I think. Yeah, uh, but I have to say this. Yeah. I know you're going on no, a thing. Uh, R.I.P. Arcadia, because Arcadia is going away. And right. That makes me sad. That but is I sad. understand. I'm sure something even cooler will come yeah, out. Yeah, they'll bring something. You know, they'll uh, some other kind of their own magazine. Right. And I, along with that saying that we're going to play this, we're going to play that. We're also going to, now this gives us a lot more freedom to try some of these other games that we've been like, oh, it's on the list. Well, now right. the, the thing we've been playing is off the list. So yeah. let's play, man. Yeah. And we have players. I'd love to play uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay soon. That would be great. I know we'd have some players who'd be super down to play yeah. that. For sure. I, lo I would love to run... Uh, some games of Powered by the Apocalypse games, you know, that last like oh, yeah. a month or two and then just be like, oh, oh that's yeah. it, you know. And I'd love to play uh, like more Call of Cthulhu, Traveler, which is like the, it's an old sci-fi game mm. from back in the day. <gasps> they might still make it. I don't think they do. I, I don't know that it's being published currently. Do you know what I would love to do with the Friday mm. group mm. is do what... Uh, Adventure Zone did and there's a game that they played together that you basically the game is you creating the world and mm -hmm. it's this like shared thing where you all input into creating this is it kind of like a map I don't like I, you, I don't actually build off the map because I have a game like that that I got from a, a humble bundle or a bundle of holding I'll have to look up what it is and bring it yeah, up some other time but uh it was really unique. And then they took that world. Obviously, they played 5e. So it wouldn't, I'm saying we would play a different game. But then you take that world and have a different game and play the game in the world you just built. Right. I think that that would be super fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And it would be, it could be like this like long form game that like we play for a chunk of time and then we go, okay. 
to be continued. And then we all like go, right. we play other shit and then we go, let's go back to that. And it comes back right. after we've played all these other things and yeah. expand yeah. upon it more. You know, what's cool about that too, is if you get, if you gamify the world building part of it, everybody has a stake in the world. So everybody's kind of like, they'll have that DM or that GM excitement of like, Ooh, what about this? Right. And there's much, I could see there being much more investment in, in the world building. Yeah. Oh, for sure. In the milieu. Uh, so yeah, I'm very, very excited for the next handful of years of RPGs. It, mm-hmm. just like you said, it is heartbreaking to yeah. see, yeah. a, a, I'm going to say the folk tradition that we understand as Dungeons and Dragons to be smeared by greed like this yet again. When it's never been more popular. Right. And uh, a bunch of people have made this reference, but I made it to Eric the other day because um, Eric was like, it feels like D&D is cursed. And I was yeah. like, yeah, like it's the dragon's horde. Like it dragon's is the horde, dragon's baby. horde of each person that starts out using it. Like at first it seems great and they're cool. And then mm-hmm. they add to the horde and then yeah. they need, they feel the need to like selfishly do something about it. And mm-hmm. it just goes kerploop. And it's like, and how have we not learned this lesson, man? Yeah. Well, it's those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. Right. And there's a lot of thinking that the execs at that Seattle company don't actually know the history of the OGL or any of the context. Just that's, you know, it's all new execs. But it's. I feel like it's when they lay their eyes on the horde. Yeah. Like when they see the when the value clicks and they start seeing dollar signs, it goes wrong. And that's basically the plot of the Hobbit. Like the dwarves <laughs> finally get there, and then the main guy's like, "No, this is my treasure. You can't have it." And then the Battle of the Five Armies happens, and that's basically what we're at now. Oh, Only the orcs and the kobolds are the heroes. Right. It's uh such a unique weird thing like because i mean i grew up during those times i wasn't actively playing these games but i mean i watched the branding change from tsr Mm -hmm. to wizards Wizards. like i remember that my original like homeland and uh exile and all those books had the tsr logo i grew up with tsr being the thing i searched for when I'm looking at like books and shit, right. and then that brings up a good point. Go, keep going. I just I have I have a, something to add to that. And that would lead me to when I noticed the brand changed to this weird round dragon thing, mm-hmm. and then the mm-hmm. covers changed, mm-hmm. and then I started seeing more of these books. So when that, as the stuff that I was consuming at the time, it seemed like an awesome thing to me. Because now there were more books, not like role-playing books, but novels to read. Just across the board right. more. It seemed crazy yeah. to me. But, yeah. yeah, you know, so I mean, I, witnessing that as a child, not understanding anything, seemed, seemed cool because there was all of a sudden more for me. But mm-hmm. learning about it historically is you look at it and go, Ew. Yeah. Damn. There's a lot of ooh. Yeah. What were you about to say? So by the early nineties when TSR was going bankrupt, like they had driven away R.A. Salvatore and Margaret Wise and Tracy Hickman. They had driven away um uh Larry Elmore, Gygax and Arneson, like all the big players because TSR thought that the trademark was enough. Mm. They own the trademark, so people are gonna buy their stuff. But, like, the reason why we have more Drist books is because Wizards, at the time when they bought TSR, they mended fences and built bridges. And they brought those those celebrities back in. Oh. Um, who are, that's, those are more the personalities that people care about. And nowadays we have, like, game designers like um, Jeremy Crawford and, like, you know, those are the people that we, we look to. That was all part of the OGL. It was it was a good will gesture to say, "Hey, we love this game," and they've completely lost that. They obviously don't love the game. It's only about IP, 
because why 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 are you ruining this ecosystem like this is amazing and it could be a unicorn you, we could you could not ever have this again just because you've broken the trust now right oh it's the trust you know it's the trust so that's the thing you start reading you're like wow things are really bad and wizards saved D&D otherwise it would probably just be remember that game we used to play which one no I'm oh. saying that's what D&D would be <laughs> like remember when we played that what was it called oh yeah D&D that was fun that's where it would stop oh man you know? So that's why it's so heartbreaking for me mm. personally, is it's like Anakin's finally turned to the dark side. Like, no, you are my brother. Right. <laughs> You're supposed to fight them, not join them. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And yeah. that's. Oh, that'd be that'd be a good little like meme as well to put and have uh, the wizard's logo covering Anakin's face. He's like, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> You could almost write like an allegorical tale how you have like the adventurer who gets betrayed by the wizard who turns to the dark side and is rescued by a kobold and an orc <laughs> nearby right. that brings them to this whole cool kingdom of all the all the monsters who are actually not the monsters. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful tale. Beautiful. That's pretty. I mean, that's what's going on right now. It's not even that, you know, it's not even an analogy, really. Right. And the. Uh, so. That leads us to the idea of, uh, at least me, to the idea of, like, this could have been avoided. Like, yeah, and yeah. there were so many points where you could have stemmed the tide on this and fixed it. And every like in your horrible fucking passive aggressiveness, you could have actually won as well as the people. We could have all won. If you would have addressed this with communication. They won. And, and so did yeah, we. fucking shut up. They won. It's the worst. But we did too. But we won too. Just we won. Just take your loss, man. It's fine. Just say you're fucking sorry. Yeah. Just say, hey, you know what? We fucked up. We're dumb. We're sorry. You're right. That's all you'd have to do. And not wait a goddamn week. Yeah. Like, I know a week's not that long. But it is like it's a uh, that long with how fast everything exactly. Well, how how yeah. fast everything moves these days. Like, yeah, it's not like a news cycle from 1980 or 1990. This is right. 2023 now. The the news cycle is like 10 minutes. But, you know, what's interesting is uh, what's the the YouTube channel that's been at the forefront of all this role for combat. Right. So they, they've broken a lot of stuff. They aren't the only ones by any means, but um, like the the guy who there's like the d game designer guy who's a, a bit younger and then there's the older gentleman. I'm sorry. I think his name's Steve. I'm sorry. I'm totally forgetting their names. Um, but he's been in the business side of things forever. And he's like, look, the only thing they care about, the only way you'll get their attention is to cancel your DDB sub because they're only looking at the numbers. Mm. And he was right. That's that's what finally broke it. Like, oh, people are upset. What? Like, you fucking idiots. What do you mean we lost sixty percent of our DTP <laughs> subscribers? What do you mean we're broke? What do you mean they're not going to do it? Did we just make a boo boo? Yeah, you did. You, I'm sure, in business terms, they have their own strategy to how to how they do mitigate this, and it's they don't care because if well, you know. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's, that's, you know, what I was leading to is this, you could have, if, when this leaked, if you would have addressed it immediately and not tried to cover it up and say, oh, those are drafts. Come on. You sent contracts. Shut up. If you would have just addressed it, this, we could have been in a whole different space right now. And that's what, when it comes to your tabletops, you should really try and talk to these people if you have issues if issues arise communication is good yeah like especially when it comes to this stuff open communication obviously it's not corporate policy but it works really well with humans i've heard it it does like it does they'd rather be communicated with openly and be upset about that than to not than to have to find out that upsetting shit by doing upsetting shit. 
Like that, no one likes that. It's a lot easier to just talk. If you need a, obviously this doesn't apply to corporate situations. If you need a little bit to cool down because you're upset, okay, well, communicate sure. that. Sure. Let people know that you are okay with communicating, just not right now. One thing, though, that's good to point out with this and why they wouldn't, why, they, uh, why they're doing what they're doing. It does explain it. It's circumstantial, but it's pretty, it's a hefty thing, is that Wizards bought D&D Beyond for $146 million, and they are going to make their money back. So that they think that's part of this whole thing is like, yeah, they've already spent the money. They're not. They're not going to stop. Right. And that's why they did these predatory contracts and stuff too. That's the other thing. It's like that's why they're not communicating. Which is like, I mean, that makes sense. It's really shitty. Right. But and they apparently they have like eighty programmers working on their super special VTT as well. Man, I was super pumped about that too. So was I. Like I was. I'm going to play it now. I was super excited for what was coming down the pipe, and then like I was excited for one D and D. And then to see, like, such a horrible stance taken on something. It's a donkey like, punch ugh. to the industry. Like, I would have been more okay with if it would have, like, the very beginning was uh, anything having to do with 5e, that's fine. OGL, that's right. all there. Right. What we're making right. now, this is going to be our game, and it will only work in our game. It'll have its own license. Yeah. That's what everybody thought they were going to do. If All they had to do was take out uh, the the 1.0 still is still good. Right. You can use that if you want. Cool. Right. That's all they had to do. They would have avoided everything. Yeah. we Everyone could still use their 5e stuff and like make but things. But you know what that means is that they thought that nobody would take the new deal. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's exactly what the GSL for fourth edition was. Yep. So they can't. They they're like, okay, you, if you want to do this, you have to you have to sign up for this. And everyone's like, no, we're good. We're just gonna keep using. We're just gonna keep 1. using 0. that old one because it's. And we're also gonna make Pathfinder your biggest competitor. Yeah. <laughs> good job. <laughs> and now you've done it again. And You've done it again. What uh, what's going to be the next biggest competitor? Right. Is going to be Black Flag, probably MCDM. I, I have this feeling. I think that this. Uh, I mean, I don't know, but I think Paizo is about to rise. I think. Uh, yeah. I think those three. I think uh, a lot of these like gaming companies that are kind of on the front line of this that have been yeah. for a little while, they're going to get substantially bigger. Yeah, and we're also going to get a few new ones that kind of emerge oh, yeah. in this. Yeah. That's like another viable thing to play, almost like how you had D and D and Pathfinder. Now we're going to have whatever D Pathfinder and this and, and this. that and the other. And thing. then there'll yeah. obviously there'll still be D and D. And guess where all the trust that had been built up in that Seattle company went. Went to Paizo. Oh yeah, Paizo. Or went to all you know, went to all these other companies. I, you still can't get on their site very easily. It's crashing. I got on there yesterday. Nice. I've only I was like, oh, it's finally back up. But yeah, it's like that that just shows you the amount of attention that went Oh yeah. Like every hard swing. There's it's a and same thing, like Monty Cook games, uh they're offering twenty five percent off no, fifty percent off their core book. Oh, nice. Uh, 25 is Paizo because, again, that's how much that Seattle comp company was going to take if you signed the contract. Yeah. And so it's a little, we see you. Uh, Monty Cook is offering 50% off the Cypher nice. Source book, the main book. Oh, man. It's like $38 right now. Normally that's it's like good. 70 that's, bucks. Yeah, that's real good. I might have to pick that up just because. Just, yeah, because it's like, holy shit, that's a great deal. On that's a really good deal. Something that I. You know want. what I would buy if it was 50% off? What? Is Tolis. I uh, don't I, think Tolis is. I book so bad. Yeah, I don't think Tolis is discounted right now. Oh my gosh. I want it to. There's another one. Uh, it was, I think it was released by Paizo called Freeport, where the whole thing is a city and it's system agnostic. And it, I mean, it has the same great, it looks like it has the same design as like Paizo stuff. Mm. But it's like, you know, it's another 800 page doorstop. <sighs> Huge old book. 
And it's, I fucking love those books like that. Me too. And it's it. those books are meant as like it's the majority of it is reference material. It's not like yeah. read this you whole read thing. It's not that way. Yeah. You you could. Oh yeah. And you would probably absorb a lot, but they're meant to be like you read the first chunk that is like the gazetteer and then the rest of it is like a, a database for this one city yep. or this one world or whatever. Oh, I, that sure. was it has again this is some of the stuff I love that, like, Numenera has, mm-hmm. just flipping through the book, right? You see all of this cool information. Same thing happens in Pathfinder books. Flipping through it. Look at all this cool information. All this cool shit. And I will give a toss to, I don't know what publisher they used, but it is under uh, Critical Role's brand. Uh, their Taldore book. Has very much uh, that same feeling in it where... Who's Taldori book? Uh, Critical Roles. Okay, the the return to yeah. Taldori Reborn. Right. Oh, nice. It has that same it looks really thing. Cool. Like where yeah. reading about places, you're like, well, what about... I have a question about like what's their industry? Like what do they... Why does this city exist? Right. And there it is right there. Right. Like what's the crime like in this right there? Right, right there. And... Apparently, the only 5e book that, like, official book that's like that is the Eberron book. Oh, really? So Eberron's supposed to have that cool, like, granularity. That's awesome. Specificity. But none of the other ones do. That's too bad, man. It's a bummer. Like... It is a bummer. Because that's... I I know that we can all make that shit up. That is... And we talk about being creative, and you can use anything as a creative source. That's that's great. I love that. But we were paying... Or we were paying that seattle company a lot of money to come up with cool shit to inspire us yes and or you know if we didn't have time to come up with stuff on our own like i can open this book and i don't need anything else right right i only need this campaign adventure book and obviously the course but so here's i'm gonna talk shit (sighs) a little bit more on one thing here Mm -hmm. uh you know you sit down you're like, ah, opening my spell jammer book. Gonna do some ship to ship com. How do you do it? Wait, where is what? it? Uh oh, you just you just go up alongside and then you go into melee combat. And then I what? I trans I look over at Starfinder, right? And literally <laughs> the first thing I see is a deck of cards that talks about ship to ship combat. And I was like, whoa. Right there, huh? Okay. Like, I'm excited now. And there's, you know, 300 pages in their core book about ship-to-ship combat. Like, stats, this, that, you know, all of this information. I was like, that's pretty sweet. I really want to play Starfinder as well. It sounds... Yeah, yeah. It's on the docket. So I would love to take inspiration from, like, Mass Effect and put it into Starfinder. Oh, man. Do you know who would totally play that game with you? Who? Marshall. Yeah. He's that's like his favorite game in the world is Mass Effect. Nice. We I'll have to talk to him about that because I love Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh he does We should we should all play like the Mass Effect three multiplayer then. Oh, I'd play that. He might be into that. Be, it's fun. Um I don't know like how it holds up now, but back when I had an Xbox three sixty, it was so fun, right. dude. He uh he could be down to do that. I don't know if it's cross platform though, and he's uh what is he on? He has both, but we... Oh, he does? Yeah, me, like, okay. I'll bet you it's going to be hard to sell him on well, any other video game at the moment. Right, maybe not right now. Um, if he has PlayStation Plus, I think he has access to Mass Effect for free. Oh, I'll, I, oh I think he, right I'm now. 90% sure he owns it on... That would make sense, yeah. ...on multiple ways. Uh, but yeah, that's like a lot of... I've resigned myself to like he doesn't listen so it doesn't matter uh right googling a little bit of uh mass effect lore because he has based his character a little bit in like some of his little secrets and stuff are based in like kind of that kind of world a little bit so i was like man i should pull up some lore and like just build it into his story because i think he would be like i love this yeah um, and if he does listen to this episode on the off chance, then oh well. Yeah, if he does, and you hear this, then <laughs> hey man, the future holds great things for you, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I'm real, super excited about the future. 
It's going to be really good. Gaming in general, brokenhearted yeah. over what the Seattle company is doing to my dungeons and my dragons. Yeah, uh, but Dungeons and Dragons is also really resilient. Oh yeah, and it's. I don't think it's going away, and hopefully, I've heard what that Seattle company won't let go of IP. But I feel like the best thing we can do is just look, not play for a while. Let it depreciate in value yeah. so it doesn't matter anymore. I right. think it's just too much money, too much, too many eyeballs. It's kind of like Star Wars, which is a whole other bag of potato chips, but it's just too popular mm. to really make something good from it. You know? I like Star Wars. So. What? I like Star Wars. I used to love Star Wars. I think there's there is some good stuff that's come out, but... We won't talk about that. <laughs> me and Eric fall very differently on this. Yeah, and and it's fine. We don't even have to argue about yeah. it. It's like, oh, I like this. Well, I don't. Yep. Okay, cool. cool bro. Well, you want to play a video game? Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. It's okay to differ. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that we'll never differ on... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. Kylo Ren's lightsaber was fucking sweet. Oh, I thought it was awesome. So sweet. And right when I, I first saw I, it. I'm okay with Force Awakens being kind of just a like a hack of the A New Hope campaign, let's say. Right. I'm okay with that. I like I thought it, again, it was a goodwill gesture to be like, hey, we're not gonna do that thing that we were doing. We're gonna get back to meat and potatoes. Nice. I you know? this is I'm just going into dumb shit here real quick, but I remember so a super nerd. I've played a lot of the video games, you know, so I know how a lightsaber is constructed. I know that you need the kyber crystals and all that kind of you bullshit. You got to go build your own. Right. And so when I saw Kylo Ren's lightsaber and the way that it was reacting, I was like, oh, that's sick. I'll bet his crystal is cracked or something, which creates that kind of cascady, weird, broken effect. I was like, that's fitzy. That's so sick. Yeah, that's such cool. a cool thing to sure. do. Uh, so I love that. But moving on, yeah, uh, I would love yeah, to sure. put lightsabers in one of our games we play. I'm not gonna. Well, I mean, it seems like you can even in the Pathfinder if you use the gun yeah. expansion. Like it's got you can play not a Warforge, but you can play like a cog constructed yeah. automaton, like automaton. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's laser swords in there. Oh, that's Because, I mean, they have the alchemist, too, yep. who can... Build so, things. And, I mean, forget about it. Starfinder. Right. Oh, Starfinder. Numenera. Like, would totally yeah. have that. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I had... Oh. Yeah. I was going to say this. Um, that was a super fun game last night. Oh, I'm glad. It's really, really fun. I, that was some really good... That was a good... I know we have, a, like, at least one more session, but that was a really good high note where it was just like... I don't know what anybody's talking about. Maybe if you're looking at the math on the page, monks look underpowered. My monk does not feel underpowered. She feels super utility and like she can do all these cool things that just allow me to express that character in such a cool way. Right. I I absolutely agree. I'm glad everyone had yeah. fun. I kind of want to talk about that for a few minutes real quick. Sure. Uh, do it. Only with the idea of planning and inspiration for people. Mm-hmm. Kind of to close this out. Not we're not we don't have to end, but uh, so last night was what I called the Lunar Vanguard tournament for the players, and it was mm-hmm. this in the middle of the festival that they're in. There's this big tournament that goes on, and the players kind of knew a little bit about it, but didn't really know too many details. Even though two of the characters are from the city, they, you know, they did not deem it necessary to tell the players who usually competes in this competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I honestly, when I woke up Friday morning, I had no idea what I was going to do for the tournament. Mm-hmm. I had already planned the whole festival, but I was like, what the fuck am I going to do for this tournament? It has to be different enough that it's something special. That happens during this. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, uh, well, we'll do a bracketed two on two fight. That's Mm -hmm. pretty easy. But then what? That can't be all of it. That sucks. Mm -hmm. And I was playing Destiny at the time. 
and I was playing one of the Crucible games, PvP, that's basically about controlling territories, mm-hmm. which made my brain think to another thing that is in a lot of first-person shooters, which is King of the Hill. Right. And then that brought me to kind of wipe out the TV show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like Ninja Warrior and shit like that. And I was like, holy fuck, what about a crazy King of the Hill battle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I thought of a treasure hunt would be cool too. But those were things that I literally just threw together to try and give the tournament. Last minute. Yeah. Like, here's yeah. some stuff to yeah. do. And then I was like, oh, even the. The, com- the competitors at the tournament, I didn't know who they were going to be. Right. But as soon as you guys started going, I was like, oh, well, the Vanguard. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that right there describes most of my DMing career. Nice. Like you start to fill in details. You may not have an idea on like this thing or you figure it out on the day. But then all those details, they actually fall in place as you play. You're like, oh, wait, it's. It's this character doing that, of course. Right. Can't be anything else. And you get this crazy, weird creativity from kind of going off the cuff like that. Yeah. And when I, you know the world well, you know your characters, you're already playing. Right. You know? And I wanted it also to be very building of the characters uh, in mm-hmm. the sense of team. Even if, if it was only one other character that they teamed with, mm-hmm. I wanted to start establishing connectivity through the players like through the characters right. on the on the stage i didn't know if it was going to happen i just wanted to set up something for that she's a child <laughs> <laughs> uh well the, oh. that's super funny shit uh so i wanted that and right the other thing that was kind of a weird inspiration is i had named this thing the lunar vanguard mm-hmm. and i named it the lunar vanguard Because it's the lunar celebration, kind of the dark moon. And I was like, the Vanguard. I was playing Destiny. And again, the Vanguard is the people who defend the city. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a cool word. I like that word. It's indicative. And then as we started doing it, I was like, well, the Vanguard would be the higher ups, right? Like they're the ones that, okay, so that's who's in the competition is the... The warlords of the city, Mm -hmm. the powerful, influential people. And my players didn't realize what they were entering into because they don't most of them aren't from here. So they're like, yeah, let's go compete in this thing. Woo. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that they're about to go compete with the powerful people of the city. That's Mm -hmm. mostly just meant to be a show. But people can compete, but no one really does. Right. And... They find themselves toe to toe with a lot of the most powerful people in this contest and, you know, beating them in the end because they chose to work together. And I think what I don't know if this spurned it. I think most people were of this same mind, but your character really spoke to it. Once you reach the top, you were like, I'm not hitting my group at all. Right. Even though we're competing I'm not going to hit them. It's just if any of the other teams come up, I'm going after them. So each of the other teams that's kind of from the group you were in got to the top. You, they like all joined together just to like keep the other people from the top. And it was super fun. Nobody said anything either. It just kind of happened. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm fucking anybody who's not my party. Right. And they, you know, it was very, those kind of creative, like creative moments, like I didn't plan almost any of that. That was very, right. very lazy. I'm just going to say the lazy GM mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like just kind of I had a basic idea and I let the players go forth and I kind of just built it in as they were going, thinking to myself, this would be fun. I think that the players will like this because they didn't yeah. encountered some of these NPCs. And then now they're like, oh, shit, right here with them. Yeah. And for sure. Yeah. The do you want to tell the kid's story or not really? Let's keep it vague. No, I think it's cool because this interesting thing happened and this is role play. Like this is how it goes. But it's always cool. It's never like. 
I'm never jaded about it. Mm. Like my character, and then um, I'm sure he doesn't care. Like our friend Shay, his character, uh, Drox Embergloom, who's this Leonin. What's his class? Well, right now, since they're still birthed in the 5e, he's a blood hunter. Right. A blood hunter. That's right. Super cool class. My character, Yoba, who's based off the kinder, but we're calling them she, like, uh, it looks like Sidhi. It's the name for, like, Fae in Gaelic, mm -hmm. I think. Um, she's, like, a little evil assassin. True neutral, uh, running, like, on the lamb, and she's a shadow monk and just kicks butt. But she looks like a little kid, but she's, like, 40. Right. And Drox literally thinks that... Uh, she's a ghost and that she's a child because she's super silent and stealthy. And, and she uh, she almost got hit by one of the big orcs and then uh, Drox saw that. So like when it was his turn, literally he just called out, she's a child! And I push him. <laughs> he ran so from across the top of the, the top and yeah. just ran and shoved the orc going, she's a child! <laughs> and she didn't even get hit. That was the funny yeah. part. Like she totally dodged it. It was good. It was super funny and hilarious. Uh, yeah. But they're buddies. It was, it just kind of happened. We didn't like plan it. It just like when I, my character saw Drox the first time, she's like, I need to know him more. Or no, it was when he rose the, he rose the corpse from the dead or whatever. So she thinks he's a necromancer. Yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> so, um, one thing before, I know we're getting close to being done, but I, I want to make sure I mention is that because we're not really putting stuff on YouTube right now, we're going to start a Discord channel for anybody who wants to, like, comment on episodes or suggest episodes. It's going to be very small and janky, but it'll be a place if you like our our podcast, that'll be the place where you can comment and we can interact with you. And I feel like that'll be cool if people are on there because then... It can actually be a conversation. Oh, for sure. And we Much can more. we can share art on there if people are like, oh, what, yeah. what are you guys talking about with this? Be like, oh, here, we can show you. Maybe that's where we'll post links. Like, I'll, I'll be in charge of posting links there right. or something. Like, so there's incentive. But it'll be there if you want to go on there. We'll we'll post it so you can just join from wherever you listen to this. So it'll be in the, the links we do for the episode. Um, and also... Uh, this obviously, this whole thing obviously affects what our podcast is going to be about mm -hmm. because for the most part we've been 5e focused, but frankly, I think we're just excited about like telling stories at the tabletop. So I think we'll just diversify. Like we'll talk about blades and we'll talk about Simbarum and we'll talk about Pathfinder and Numenera and Traveler and whatever takes our fancy. We both kickstarted this really cool powered by the apocalypse game where like you have like chaos what's it called heart something oh you're talking about uh what's it called uh it's i think it's keys to the apocalypse yeah i think you're right but it's it's powered by the apocalypse but with a really cool twist where like you have like chaotic magic oh, in your heart basically it's basically like it's based on the idea of like the archetype of hellboy like you're this yeah, okay. you're this being that has been prophesied to bring the end of times. And it's yeah. how, how long can you hold back the chaos? The chaos? And yeah. there's a lot of, it's like based on like building connections with people and how yeah. those will like influence your character holding back from For destroying sure. the world. Yeah. So we both are really excited about that one. And honestly, I bought a bundle of holding for a bunch of solo RPGs. Mm. So it'd be really fun to talk about solo RPGs. Oh, for sure. Especially if you'd like to have inspiration for like writing stories instead of running games. Absolutely. Some of these solo RPGs are really cool. One of them is like you make a magic item and you tell the story of the magic item. So like it might be lost in a dungeon for 200 years and then a warrior picks it up. And takes it into this war, like super creative, interesting things that are still RPGs, yeah. but they're like out there, you know? So I think we're just going to talk about it, but we'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Yeah. And we'll still, you what know, you'd like us to talk about. I feel like this will also change a little bit into our, you'll probably get a few minutes of each of us telling our little story of adapting to Cypher and uh, Pathfinder. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hearing how sure. we do that. And obviously we're still going to talk about inspiring things things that we've you know 
reached out to that can be that's these are inspirations are not specific to DD. Yeah. And I think we're still going to apply lazy DM techniques to whatever system oh, yeah. because again it's like there's some really good just general advice out there and I think it's going to get even better because now people are really are going to feel safe to publish a book just about general GMing. Yeah. Stuff. I agree. You know? So, you know, let us know your thoughts. We'll yeah, we'll just do let's just do a little like update at the beginning of every episode like hey ian how's cypher going yeah. hey eric what's up with pathfinder blah 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 for sure and uh so still gonna say it still gonna say it say it say it stay sweaty baby yeah. stay sweaty Like, subscribe!